we play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Big Easy Bets. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. You ready? I'm never ready. It's like reading in front of the class. I just don't want to do it. On today's episode, we recap last week's picks, a huge win by the LSU Tigers down in Tuscaloosa, and we got a whole new uh, set of picks for you guys for this weekend. So before we dive into anything related to picks, we got to talk about the Tigers first. Tigers went into Tuscaloosa. And came out with a W. We're going to beat their ass in recruiting. We're going to beat their ass every time they see us. Okay. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah. I absolutely love that shit. I need that as, I need that as a ringtone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What is, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what are your takeaways from the game other than Joe Burrow's the Heisman winner? Yeah, I mean, look. In our third episode, we previewed the college football season. We told you that Joe Brady was coming in to initiate the spread offense for LSU. A lot of RPOs. Do you believe us now? If you don't, I mean. We told you this year that Alabama, I mean, LSU was going to have the best chance it had to beat Alabama in episode three. Do you believe us now? If not, you're getting left behind. And then even in episode three, we said Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman Trophy with a win against Alabama. Do you believe us now? If you don't, you're getting left behind. We tried to tell everybody. 80 to 1 odds. I think he even went as far. I think Nick said if you could parlay Burrow winning the Heisman Trophy and the Tigers winning the national championship, do it. I don't think anybody would let you do it. I don't think sportsbooks would take that, but – I mean, the two go hand in hand. We're not going to be in the national championship conversation without Joe Burrow being in the Heisman conversation. And he's rapidly making his uh, way up the draft boards, too. It's looking like he might go number one. Uh, I was the first to say that as well. Yep. I don't know. It's going to – I think the Dolphins are sold on Tua. Um, I think it's going to depend who gets the number one pick. But I think the Bengals, dude, and, and Joe Burrow's from the state of Ohio, so – I know. Um, okay, so I got a uh, – Hear the me. Bayou Bengals. He's already yep. playing for the Bengals. I know. I know. So hear me out on this. What do you think about the Saints? And after this offseason, after we win the Super Bowl, trade Teddy Bridgewater and a first-round pick for the Bengals' number one pick, and we draft Joe Burrow. You got to think. So, I mean, there's no guarantee that Burrow is going to be good in the NFL, even though I think he definitely will, um, which it's almost a guarantee. But teams want somebody who's a proven winner. Teddy Bridgewater showed that he can come in. He won five games with the Saints. Um, I mean, you give them a first-round pick, they get another chance to add another quality player to another position of need, and they get the quarterback. I don't. I'm not. I've I've never said that I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a successful starting quarterback in this league. I honestly, I don't. I don't think he will. But I hope. The yeah, Bengals I mean, I don't do. think the Bengals would, would take that. No. What if we throw? No, to get the number one pick. I mean, just think about what we traded to. Would we jump to number 12 to get Marcus Davenport? We had to trade two number ones for that. Well, we flip-flopped number ones and gave up a number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we, we traded two number year. ones. 
Well, technically, well, technically it's like trading a one. In my, I mean, if you think about it, you flip-flop. So you still get that first-round pick. You're just moving up. It's flip-flopping a first with – it's flip-flopping in that first round with the team and then giving up next year's first-round pick. Yeah, but it's still – I mean, yeah, but you're not losing a, two picks. You're losing – You are, though. Uh, but like, if we were to trade for the number one pick with what you said, it would be us flip-flopping picks yeah. and them getting Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I would go as far as to give them our second-round pick, too. Yeah, we would have to give them a lot to get that first that first overall pick and yeah i mean who who i think it's going to be a quarterback taken the Bengals um are well yeah they benched andy dalton they don't have a quarterback really yeah no not at all they benched andy dalton what they got rid of mccarran right Where i mean that's assuming the Bengals have the number one pick at this point they have the worst record mm-hmm. they're the only team in the nfl without a win yeah i mean i i would it's like in 2006 if they came to you and said you trade two first-round picks for Drew Brees and he's going to give you a Super Bowl in the next 15 years, at least one. Do you do it? Yes. If you if it's guaranteed that Drew Brees pans out the way he did, go back in 2006 and somebody tells you this is how it's going to happen, you take that. Yeah. That's what Joe Burrow is going to be. Uh, the Saints traded for the number one pick once and drafted Ricky Williams. He's a hell of a running back. Mike Ditka. I'm trying to figure out. I know we freaking had to give up basically the next seven years of our yeah, franchise no, success through, for yeah, Ricky Williams. Yeah, Ditka threw the kitchen sink at him. Um, not worth it, but... Whatever. <laughs> I think we mortgage the future for Joe Burrow, in my opinion. It wouldn't even be mortgaging the future. We've got so much young talent. Go get Joe Burrow. Let him spend a year under Drew, and then let Drew ride off into the sunset. I'm telling you. Oh, we didn't even trade. It wasn't the number one pick. It was the number five pick. And here, here's what we traded away. Um, We traded away our entire... <laughs> Um, selection of draft picks for that year, plus two picks in the following year's draft <laughs> to move up to number five overall to select Ricky Williams out of Texas. We gave him every So pick. we traded uh, a total of eight total draft picks <laughs> were sent away for Ricky Williams. Who played with us for, what, three years? Four years? Not long. Yeah, I mean, we traded uh, Ricky Williams, and we ended up, we gave him to Miami, right? Yeah, I think we ended up getting a first-round draft pick out of that because he went to Miami and performed very well. Yeah, he did. Him and Ronnie Brown. Yeah, and then but Mike Dick is a clown, dude. Yeah, no, that's one of the he worst moves of all time. He set us back for years. Yeah, that's one of the worst moves of all time. You know what? Just take all of them. He can have all the picks. <laughs> that's crazy. But, um, yeah, so we both were on LSU. Uh, we actually both put – money on LSU on the money line. We're not going to disclose the amount, but Nick put a very uh, substantial amount of money, and it paid off handsomely. It was a hell of a game to watch. Yeah, LSU was my big easy bet in college football this week, but both of our big easy bets hit. You got to love it. It was a great weekend for college. It really was. I mean, we haven't beaten Bama since I was 14 years old. 
14. Yeah, this was the only game I truly cared about this weekend was <laughs> this this LSU game. I, I didn't care if I I picked. Yeah. Like, yeah. I picked like 10 games. I didn't care if I went 1-9 <laughs> as long as that one win was that LSU picked. So. Yeah, I was going nuts. Edwards Elair. Oh my god, you can't you can't talk about the kid enough. Absolutely played his heart out. Four touchdowns, I think what, two receiving, two rushing. At least one receiving, maybe three three rushing. No, no, the last Did he do the four last four or three touchdowns. Four. The last touchdown where he the guy tried to strip it from him and he just shook him off. Okay, that was yeah. the game he winner. Did, he he might have had one he, receiving he, touchdown. No, he had two. He did. He caught the one right he before. He caught the one right before halftime. Half and then that last one, uh last touchdown that he scored, I'm pretty sure it was a swing route. And then he went over the top for one and then he rushed in another one. He had four total touchdowns. Like goodness gracious. What a game. Jamar Chase. Going up in Moss and the defensive back. Moss. Thaddeus Moss. Moss and the defensive back with the nastiest toe tap I've ever seen. Even though I thought he was out. I didn't think he reestablished. But they, I think they ruled it as he got forced out by the defensive back. Yeah, they came in. They clarified that the ruling on the field was that the official who was right there ruled that the defensive back forced Thaddeus Moss out of bounds which would then still make him eligible to uh, catch the ball inbounds for, mm. for completion, and that's what he did. Randy Moss put it on You Got Moss, and he absolutely loved it. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. He, you could tell he was so fired up. Um, Pretty underwhelming game from Grant Delpit, I got to say. Grant Delpit's very much disappointing me this year. It's like he's not playing bad. He's just playing average. You're supposed to be the best safety in the league. You're a lottery. You're a uh, top ten pick. You put the number seven on. You got to back it up. Yeah, and I had the first half under in this game, and I also had the uh, under for the whole game. And neither one of those come close to hitting. I think they had. Yeah, I mean, there's over eighty points scored. Yeah, I mean, what I expected. I expected the teams to come out play better defense. They didn't. Um. Either, neither one of the defenses tackled very well, but, I mean, that's something you have to expect with the uh, level of athletes that they're facing on the offensive side of the ball. Um, all of – there's seven or eight receivers easily that are going to go and play in the NFL. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. From this game, Thaddeus Moss, to me, is probably the best t- tight end prospect coming out of college football for this year. You think? Yeah, and I think, um, of course, Jerry Judy's the overall number one overall wide receiver prospect. Mm-hmm. But then you have Justin Jefferson, who could very well be be a first round pick, in my yep. opinion, second oh, round pick. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. Um, who who's their third guy? Devontae Smith. Is that was that his name? The one who burned Stingley. Yeah, it's a guy from New Orleans. Yeah, so the first one, I give Stingley a pass on the first one because the coach is talking to him right before the play starts. What the fuck are you talking to him for? And he, what are you turning your head for, Stingley? He turns to look back. Tua goes hut, and the guy fucking runs by before he turns back. Easy touchdown. But the last one, though, you can't even give him a pass on that one. What are you doing? What are you giving up a 75-yard touchdown? Yeah, it was that- more than that. I don't know why they when, – when you're up by 
just keep it in front points, of you and run the clock. Which we were with under two minutes left in the game. Um, you should not be running press coverage. No, not at all. With that, your cornerbacks. Like, look, I get it. Derek Stingley, in my opinion, might be – I've said it all year, actually. He might be the best cornerback in the country, and he's a true freshman. But he's making true freshman mistakes, which with time, those mistakes won't happen. I think he's so good that he knows he can cheat a little bit and make up for it. He can recover and still make a play. But not in that game. Not in a, not when you're playing Alabama. Those are NFL players too. Like, yeah. But when there's a minute and no, yeah, back the forty-seven seconds on it. That's that's on the coaches, dude. They no, yeah, they yeah. have to make sure that they're they're calling the yeah, defense. Scheming right. Dave Aranda's calling the defense. They have to. You have to be in prevent when when your opponent needs. I two hate, I hate pre- yeah, exactly. to score exactly. to, in, in less than two minutes. I, I mean. hate prevent whenever you're only up one score. I hate it. You just basically are inviting them to go down and score. But when you're up multiple scores, prevent. Keep them in front of you. Tackle them in bounds. Run the clock. And, yeah, Derek Stingley's not calling his own coverage. So, yeah, it's definitely on Aranda. It's not, he's not saying, I'm going to go press him at the line. He's being told to go play press coverage. So, yeah, that was questionable. But, hey, it worked out. Um Game of the century number two. Tigers are two and zero in the game of the century. It's undefeated. Yeah. It's undefeated. Um, I mean, you gotta love it. That was a hell of a game. Uh, it took me a couple days. My throat was hurting for days. I was I was screaming so much. Um, yeah, I mean, hell of a victory. And Joe Burrow just about just about locked up that Heisman Trophy, like we told y'all to. Let's listen to that one more time. We're going to beat their ass in recruiting. We're going to beat their ass every time they see us. Oh, God. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm telling you, I got to get that as a ringtone. So that was Nick's Big Easy Bet of the Week. Um, mine was the Georgia Bulldogs playing Missouri, minus 16 and a half. I think this game finished at 29 and nothing. Georgia's defense looked great. Missouri couldn't do anything on offense. Um... So that was my big easy bet of the week. So we both hit ours for college. Um, we both and I also had Georgia. That's right. That's right. And we both had Baylor minus two. This game confuses the shit out of me. So one Baylor could have ended this game. Uh, the quarterback made a terrible throw and overthrew his receiver over the middle. Um, so we wind up going to overtime. So I don't know if it was the first or the second overtime. I think it was the first. Baylor goes down and scores. And then on a fourth down, I believe, was it fourth down? They throw a – who the hell were they playing, TCU? Yeah, it was fourth down, and it may have been the second or third overtime. It wasn't the third because I think it ended in the third. Um, It had to be the first or the second overtime. I'm talking about the first. I'm I'm streaming um, it on my phone. I'm streaming it on my phone. And I see him throw it to the end zone. Guy goes up and gets it. It was definitely the second or third because the first overtime, um, Baylor had to convert a fourth and six. Oh, that's right. To stay. That's right. To tie the game. Not to mention, just to go to overtime, they had to hit a what? A fifty-one yard field goal. Yeah. Oh my God! I I was streaming it on my phone. We're in the middle of Dick's Sporting Goods, about to go watch the LSU game, and I'm like, I'm yelling. I'm like, Holy shit! Like right down the fucking pipe. Um. So they go to overtime. Yeah, Baylor converts a fourth down. Um, 
that was a beautiful throw. And honestly, it was a better catch than a throw. Um, but so they take it to the next overtime. So, yeah, it must have been the second overtime. They throw one to the back corner of the end zone. The guy goes up and gets it. But as he lands, the ball pops out. So I'm like, okay, I turned the stream off. I'm like, great, game's over. Hell yeah. Well, I didn't know if your hand's in, you're in bounds. Um, so apparently they wound up overturning it and calling it a touchdown. Yeah, if you're – if um any one of your limbs are in your hand, your elbow, your knee, yeah, or your foot. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know the hand. I didn't um, know the hand was. Then it counts. But, no, I didn't think he maintained possession all the way through going to the ground. But um, they gave Because he him. definitely – the ball comes out as he hits the ground, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets that one hand in, and then he lands out of bounds, and the ball comes out. I mean, I thought it was an incomplete pass, but – they reviewed it, and uh, it ended up being a uh, TCU touchdown, and Baylor had to win it in, in yeah, the next that was, overtime. that was crazy. I was like, what the hell? I turned it off. Somebody's like, oh, so I got a text. Like, oh, what a what a crazy play to keep the overtime going. What the fuck are you talking about? I went back and looked at it. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. I thought we were screwed at that point. Um. So, but Baylor minus two. We both had it. Um. Then I had Oregon State, plus 10. This game pissed me off. This was like on a Friday. Uh, so 10-point underdogs. The only thing I was really worried about was if their defense could stop Washington. Um, well, Oregon State's defense played pretty damn good. They wind up losing the game by 12. I want to say their starting quarterback, who I was raving about, had 21 touchdowns and one pick. I think he had 88 passing yards and two interceptions. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You blew it! All you got to do is play a halfway decent game, and y'all are at least losing by, like, six. Fucking 88 passing yards? Yeah, what was this final score, 19-7? to seven? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a tough way to way to lose a 10-point spread when, when uh, the team that you bet against only puts up 19. You think, okay. No, I know. That's, the, that's, that's what I'm saying. Cover, the only thing that I was no, worried no. about was Oregon State's defense. Because they put up, they can put up points. They got a fucking stud at receiver. And I think he had three catches for like 30 yards. Isaiah Hodgins, I think is his name. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm, We're freelancing this entire episode. Neither one of us have notes in front. Well, Nick has a couple, but not very much. I have nothing in front of me. So, all off the top. Yeah, so that game absolutely pissed me off. 10-point uh, underdogs, they wind up losing by 12, but it happens. Um, then I had Arizona State minus one and a half. Uh, they just didn't play good. There's not too much. Nothing didn't get. There was no getting screwed in this one. This just they just didn't show up. Um, so on the weekend we go three and two. We hit our biggest bet in LSU. Um, which bet almost four units on, and then I hit my big easy bet of the week with Georgia. So three and two that brings me to overall thirty eight and thirty one, and that brings me to seven and five on my big easy bets. That is a profitable weekend. And it's what it's what you like to hear. Can't ask for much more. Um, you had go ahead and talk about the last one of yours that we have not mentioned. Oh yeah, them <laughs> the Oklahoma Sooners play in Iowa State. Um, we talked about Brock Purdy. Look, Oklahoma was winning this game by twenty-one points in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts and his buddy. C.D. Lamb <laughs> managed to uh, hand this, uh, nearly hand this game to Iowa State. Um, 
Jalen Hurts rolling out of the pocket, clearly nowhere to go with the football. Instead of throwing it out of bounds, he throws it straight to an Iowa State defender. Great job, uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yeah, no, I saw it. And then his buddy, CeeDee Lamb, who is one of the best um, offensive playmakers in the open field after the catch, once he catches the football, He's making he makes uh, nearly everybody on the defense miss not once but twice. Well, when that second time came around, a white boy wanted to punch the football out. <laughs> That's another turnover. Well, then I'm like, well, screw this shit, dude. Iowa State's down by seven. Oklahoma isn't covering. Iowa State scores again. I think them crazy clowns tried to go they for, went two. for two. <laughs> yeah, okay. Instead of just kicking the extra point and going into overtime, Iowa State gets gutsy. They go for two. I no like good. It. I like the call, though. Anyway, Oklahoma blows a big lead behind two turnovers that are um, uncharacteristic of the players that I mentioned. But, um, yeah. That's how it went down for that one. <laughs> that made me three and three uh, on the weekend. I was three and one against the spread with that only loss being the Oklahoma loss, and then I lost both of my under bets for LSU. The first half under was thirty one and a half, and the uh, total for the game was sixty four. Neither one of those came close. But who gives a shit? Yeah, but I I hit the bet I cared about. Uh, the game I cared about the most, and yeah, and we're rich. LSU's back on top, baby. Number one. We've waited long enough for this moment. <laughs> top of the mountain. So we'll move on to NFL. The Thursday night game was the Raiders versus the Chargers. I was on the Raiders plus one. That's a W. Nick was on the Chargers minus one. That is not a W. Um, this game was <laughs> was solely. Solely, almost won single-handedly by Eric Harris, the old Saints special teams guy uh, slash backup, backup, backup safety. Um, shout out Eric Harris, man. He came played at PAC here in Mandeville. Uh, shot played some basketball. I was like, who? The, I was like, why does this guy look so fucking familiar? And then I was like, we all we talked about it. We're like, oh shit, it's Eric Harris. And then a couple people were like, who? I was like, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah. Out of the CFL. No, he's actually got a great story though. That he, he's finally getting some shine. ESPN was talking about him. Um. If you haven't heard his story and his come up, it's definitely worth the watch. Um. CFL guy played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Right where we got Delvin Bro. Uh. He played solid with us, but he 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 had some injuries. Uh. I want to say he tore his ACL and his meniscus. We wound up letting him go. Um. But then he got another chance with the Raiders. And he is making the most of it. I mean, he had two interceptions in that game. Really, he had three. One got called back um, by a penalty. But they did all they needed to do. Josh Jacobs looked great in this game, um, who I've been big on all year. It's looking like he might win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, but, yeah, Raiders plus one. That's a W. Yeah, and I had the Chargers minus one. Phillip Rivers throws three interceptions. Hey, Phil. Asshole, you blew the game. <laughs> Some of them were like, goodness gracious. I was like, you... okay. <laughs> I mean, I was watching the game. He's getting away with some. He, 
he might have threw a total of five of them. Some of them got called back for for penalties. I think yeah, it was it was at least four. Um, I'm like, all right, he's done throwing interceptions. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna regroup. At one point, they took the lead in the first half. I think it was fourteen to ten, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I and I was so. like, all right, Philip Rivers is done throwing interceptions. He only had two that counted, both to Eric Harris, one that was returned for a touchdown. Gotta love it. I'm like, all right. Sometimes I just get frustrated and I quit watching the games. <laughs> oh, I get fucking. I'm pissed. like, all right, maybe if I stop watching, Philip Rivers was gonna stop throwing interceptions. Now he decides he's gonna throw another one somehow. Uh, they lose this game in a uh, relatively close game. I think they lost it by four points. Um, Josh Jacobs scored the game winning touchdown with around a minute left to go in the game. Damn right. So yeah, Phil, don't bet on Phil Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> so next one uh, that we both had were the Seahawks plus six. This was the Monday night game. Uh, this was a hell of a game. Seahawks and 49ers. Russell Wilson tried to blow this one, but he did not. Um, they wound up going to overtime, wound up almost going the entire duration of overtime. It was looking like it might end in a tie for a second. Um, my takeaways from this game were Jimmy Garoppolo is not that good. You take away George Kittle, um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not that good. I was definitely excited to hear that George Kittle was going to be out of this game. When when the news broke, um, I didn't watch. So there's a there's one of the doctors on Twitter. Um, he used <laughs> that sounds bad. Doctors on Twitter. He's a pre. He's an old. Uh, he's an old team doctor for the Chargers. Uh, like Doctor David Choi or something like that. I don't know. He's got a lot of followers though. Like he he used to be a team doctor. Obviously he knows what he's talking about. And he pointed out that whenever they would show Kittle on the screen, he said the way that it looked like he was grabbing because he was up in the box. He wasn't down on the field. And he said, "Does anybody notice how he's holding on to the, like the stanchion, like of the mirror of the window, and how it looks like he's using it as like almost like a crutch, like how he's not putting weight on his left leg? So he's like almost insinuating that his injury might be a lot more serious than they're letting on. It's listed as I think a knee injury right now, but he's like alluding to the fact that maybe, um, maybe it's a serious injury. Mm. Um." For all, for Saints-related purposes, um, I hope it is. Yeah, I mean, that would be a big-time loss for the San Francisco 49ers. They still do a good job running the football, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely dependent on George Kittle. Yeah, I agree. But So we both had the Seahawks plus six. They wind up winning um, off the leg of whoever the hell their kicker is. It's no longer Janikowski. Um don't know can't even remember his name but i will say the 49ers kicker rookie guy uh, oh it's that um no that's the falcons chinese kicker yeah uh, young ho uh, yeah. but they call him <laughs> young hoy or something like that it's young ho um 49ers kicker mclaughlin he's a rookie he like railed a 50 yarder to either tie the game or take the lead i think it was to tie the game um well, then he had like a forty, a, a low 40-yarder kick to win the game. And no excuses. The laces were out. He absolutely shanked this thing so bad. So bad. They had, a, they had some camera footage inside the tunnel. And the ball, like, their video. And all of a sudden the ball lands in between them. And they're like, uh, 
I don't think that's where it's supposed to go. Like it was so far left, he he choked under the pressure big time, left the door open for the Seahawks, and they went down and kicked the field goal for the win. So they covered the plus six. Uh, that's a winner for both of us. So you got to like that. Um, my big easy bet of the week, which I comp- I immediately regretted it, and I said this last week that I would I was trying to get away from these. Um. Uh, it was the Saints, minus 12.5 versus the Seahawks. I, I woke up Sunday morning, and, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was worn out from that LSU game. I was hurting. Um, and it, it just felt like it just felt like the energy wasn't going to be there, probably just because my energy wasn't there. I mean, I wasn't in the dome for this one. Um, but it just felt bad from the start. So, Saints wind up losing outright. It was the biggest upset of the weekend for NFL. It was Um, the biggest upset of the entire season. So far? Yeah, 12.5-point underdog winning outright, I think, is the biggest upset this season for for NFL. Okay. Well, even worse. Um, So, I I wound up – so, I'm on Twitter, and we have a solid following on our Big Easy Bets Twitter page. And I see people tweeting out, fuck the Saints, and fuck this team, I'm done, this and that. I'm like, what? What? We've lost, this is only our second loss. We've lost two times. Yes, I know it was the Falcons. Yes, I know we hate the Falcons. I went to Atlanta two years ago to an away game and had to hear it. We wound up losing that game. Drew Brees threw an interception to Deion Jones in the end zone to end this game. And we had to hear it the whole way out. Um... I hate the Falcons, just like everybody else hates the Falcons. But uh, people are hopping off the wagon. Are you shitting me? We're still we're seven and two. People are saying we need to bench Drew Brees. This whole like fake outrage, jump to these crazy conclusions. This shit has got to stop. Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. The greatest statistical quarterback of all time yeah them clowns they got some idiots out there in the internet it's crazy anybody can join it's free <laughs> i know that's the problem that's the problem with okay, Twitter. anybody anybody can have an opinion I'm read um so anyway nitro grits responds to your tweet <laughs> he says nah this how i saints fan get out here dictating a level of disgust that's allowed after performance <laughs> Whatever that means, guy. Um, <laughs> no, there was another guy. Oh, this he, guy named Terry. His 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 Twitter handle is Diddy two three two one. Is he the one with the picture of a dog? Yeah, he says, "Shit's funny. It's a free country, but we can bash other teams." Laughing my ass off, hypocrites. Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking um, about? Yeah, people is- don't read. I feel like too many people use talk to text, like. I don't I don't get it. I so I tweeted out and then yeah, read it and then I'm gonna read one more about a guy who who um knows very little about anything apparently. Yeah, so let's see. I tweeted out um I put all you clown in parentheses Saints fans bashing the team. Go ahead and remove any affiliation with the team from your bio and stop being a bandwagon bandwagon fan. These games happen during a 16-game season. You ride with them through the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
Because you'll see people saying all this outlandish, crazy shit about the Saints, and then you go look on their profile, and they have diehard member of the Houdat Nation. Like, you'll never hear me say fuck the Saints. Ever. Ever. That That's crazy. Definitely not when we're in first place of the goddamn division by two games. Like, what are y'all what are y'all doing? Yeah. I've never been I've never like hated the Saints or hated LSU after they've lost a game. Hell no. I get I get you can be pissed. And that's what I went and like clarified was like people were trying to act like I, I like, oh, we can't criticize the team. I never said it wasn't they didn't warrant any criticism. Ever. We played like shit. That doesn't mean you hop off the wagon. It was an all-around yeah, bad game. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, criticizing a team and then bashing them. These people out here, look, that one guy, um, Gary Pratt, mm-hmm. once a Yankee, he says, I'm not a clown fan, but I am a fan. Peyton and the Saints were woefully unprepared to play football today. They were embarrassed at home by a 1-7 and team after a bye week. They played as poorly as I've seen them play in several years. There is no excuse. They owe us an apology. First off, this team was red hot before the bye week. Usually a bye week flips a team around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's a, I expected the Saints to have a slow start coming off of a bye week mm-hmm. after they've been red hot for several weeks now. Second off, nobody owes anybody an yeah, apology. They don't owe you a goddamn thing. The only apology they owe to anybody is to themselves, their teammates. Um, you weren't out there running conditioning tests. You weren't out there in the off season lifting weights. You just watched on TV, or you bought a ticket to watch. You got your entertainment. Either way, just because your team doesn't um, win the game. You you're not owed an apology. Yeah, no, I agree. I and again, I'll reiterate. I did not say they were not. They did not warrant any criticism. The offensive line played like garbage. Andrews Pete played. He had a rough game. He ended up breaking his arm. He's out for six weeks. A lot of people said, "Who cares?" That's not good news. He's still a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. You want to have depth on the offensive line. That's never good. Um. A lot of people were saying Drew Brees was holding on to the ball too long. In some cases, yes, maybe, but he also did not have very much time to throw. They, it, it plays hand in hand. We all there was, we're one of the least penalized teams in the league, and we had four hands to the face penalties because the announcers wouldn't shut the hell up about it. They wouldn't let anybody forget it. Um, we, and there was more penalties than that. We had a ton of penalties this game. The defense in the beginning couldn't stop the run. They wound up shoring that up towards the mid to end of the game. Uh, Lattimore getting hurt did not help. Michael Thomas looked banged up towards the end of the game. Um, it was just an all-around bad day, and it happens. It's better to get these days out before the playoffs. Sean Payton is probably the best at taking a bad game and turning it into a positive uh, outcome. So that brings me to my big easy bet for the NFL. I mean, we'll still talk about this, but I'm betting on the Saints. That's my big easy bet on the NFL. If you don't think that they're going to come out fired up, for this game against the Bucks, with or without Lattimore, and God, I hope he plays. Um, yeah, that was a big loss too. I mean, immediately Julio Jones goes yeah, for a fifty-four yard reception. When Lattimore was in the game, goose eggs. Julio Jones was held without a reception. Yep. The first play, 
that maybe it was the first play. It was definitely the first drive that Lattimore was out. Julio Jones ends up getting a giant, giant, giant gain. Yep. Um. Yeah, back to your point with, you know, these games are going to happen. There's a reason why it's so hard to go um, undefeated. undefeated in the NFL. The Falcons were coming off of a bye as well. Yeah, well, it's like look at the Packers. So the Packers they started had, their season one and seven. Who the they Packers get a just bye lose week. to? The Chargers. Yeah, yeah, and Aaron Rodgers came out and said we got our slice of humble pie. Like it happens. Nobody's going crazy over the Packers losing. No, but yeah, but I expect the Falcons needed a bye week. They were one and seven. Nobody really expected the Falcons to go one and seven. A lot of people thought the Falcons were going to compete for the playoffs this year. Definitely. Um. And they still have talent. They have Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. These are top-tier receivers in the NFL. Matt Ryan, who's a former uh, NFL MVP. Even though that's a joke. Yeah, I mean, um, Devonta Freeman, who ended up getting hurt in this game. But overall, you look at it, um, there's there's a reason why there's only been two teams ever in the uh, history of the NFL to finish the regular season undefeated. Yep. There's only been one team to finish the entire season undefeated and to be crowned champions. It's just too hard to win every game. This is the most competitive league probably in all of sports. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. The sky is not falling because of one loss. I don't even hardly count the Rams' loss because Drew Brees got hurt. This is our first legitimate loss of the season. Yes, it's against a rival, our biggest rival. I understand. Who gives a shit, man? They're not making the playoffs. Who cares? This is going to be exactly what we needed. This is going to be a kick in the behind. It's going to get the team fired up. Sean Payton is going to probably kill them at practice this week. I think they're going to come out ready to play against Tampa. I expect a big game, a big game. So, but... In positive Saints news, Keith Kirkwood has been reactivated. Uh, he's practicing this week. Um, what else? There was something else I read. I don't remember. But I think we need to start featuring uh, Devon. Yeah, the, An- the Andrews Pete injury is a big loss. No, yeah, that hurts. I don't care what anybody says. A lot of people who don't know football he's are going to say that. performing at um, a Pro Bowl level for this season. He's versatile too, so he can play all over the line. A lot of people. Yeah, when Armstead, Armstead has battled injuries. Yep, he moves to left um, tackle. He has to go in at left tackle. He's he's our most versatile offensive lineman. He's one of our better offensive linemen. We have a very good offensive line, but yeah, it's a big loss when you lose one of your one of your best guys up there. Especially we struggled to run the football mm-hmm. against Atlanta this well, week. Uh, yeah, but we only ran it nine times. That was very uh, questionable. I mean, the penalties didn't help, um, but that was a questionable game plan. I- I'd look for us to control the ball, control the game with the ground game this coming week. Nine carries? Yeah, the Buccaneers have a, have a good rush defense. Yeah, I mean, is Kamara healthy or not? If he's not healthy, don't put him out there. If he's out there, use him. Use yeah, I, I noticed this last year and and for some of this year that the Saints seem to be more concerned with overloading Alvin Kamara than at times uh, 
than they are at using him to win the game. Yeah. Use him. We pay him to in use those him. first three or four games that Mark Ingram was suspended last season, Alvin Kamara was putting up ridiculous numbers. And then Mark Ingram comes back. Um, they're trying to not use him as much. But when it comes down to it, Alvin Kamara is the type of player that makes the plays that wins big games. Yeah, four carries is not enough. I, and I think and Sean Payton knows that. Trust me, we're not we're not we're not saying anything that Sean Payton doesn't already know. He might be he's one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the history of the NFL. So I think he's gonna scheme up a good game plan. He's gonna script up those first couple drives and uh I, I look for us to come out clicking on all cylinders against Tampa and I look for old Jameis to uh not be eating That's anything. a W Yeah, he's not gonna be eating any of that on Sunday. No way. Um, yeah, and then another bright spot for this week moves on to my the last bet I made, which was the Rams. Favored by three and a half points playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rams only put up 12 points, <laughs> losing by five to the Steelers. The Rams are now five and four. That's crazy. And, yeah, they're looking like they are probably not going to make the playoffs as we speak right now, because they're in third place in their yeah, division, they they're behind division. Seattle, who is eight and two, I believe. Um, yeah, and then Followed San Francisco yeah. is eight and one. Yeah, and Seattle gets the edge because they just won the tiebreaker, and also they haven't had their bye week yet. Um, so you also had the Packers minus five. Oh yeah, the Packers minus five. They got out to a big league lead against the um, Panthers, right? Yep, that's right. I was watching that one. Um, I got my cat. and then you got know they try like the Packers always seem to do. They always let the they yep. get out to these leads and they let the other team come back a little. But um, second time this year, McCaffrey's had the ball to go in to either take the lead or or tie it up. Stop on the one yard line, second time. Yeah, you fucking bum. I got the first my time fantasy. though, they had Cam Newton at quarterback. Yeah, so it's like, why wouldn't you run? Um, yep, a quarterback sneak with yeah, no, I big know. old I Cam Newton. Yeah, so that brought me to two and one for the NFL overall. That brings me to eighteen, eighteen and one. Obviously, I lost my big easy bet with the Saints, so that brings me to seven and five overall for the big easy bets. Um, Nick went two and two. That brings him to fifteen and eighteen in the NFL, and also seven and five for the big easy bets. Um, yeah, Seattle was my big easy easy bet, and they were six point underdogs, and they won outright. Yep. Um, twenty three, twenty four, and one is what it brings us to overall. I made a guarantee that we will be in the green when this season is over. Um, still plenty of time left. We're a little past the halfway mark. Um. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, a profitable weekend. Nobody went in the negatives. Um, you went you went even both ways. I went three and two and two and one. So, what, five and three? I like it. Um, all right, so let's make some picks for this week. Uh, we'll start off with college. There's not that many that I like this week for college. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to just make picks that – 
don't stick out to me and there wasn't very many that were jumping off the page at me um what might be the biggest game this weekend is georgia versus auburn georgia minus two and a half uh this game is played in auburn i think we are on opposite sides of this game but i'm rolling with the bulldogs here uh jake Fromm has been playing pretty lights out we saw him against florida picking up third downs at a pretty incredible rate um they go play Missouri, almost dropped 30 on them. The defense is playing fantastic, gave up zero points. Bo Nix has been struggling as of late. And you know I'm big since the first game of this year. I bet against Auburn. Um, I went with Justin Justin Herbert, and uh, I, I tend to go for who I think is the better quarterback in the game, and they both have good defenses. I think Auburn's defense is a little bit better, but I think Jake Fromm is much better than Bo Nix. Bo Nix is a little more versatile, but if he gets in those third and long situations, I mean, he's not picking up. He's not picking up third and longs. I know you. So you seem to be with uh, the Auburn Tigers slash War Eagle. Is that true? Yeah, I'm taking Auburn, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't worried about Georgia as a um, overall team. They have a their defense has kept them in games this year, while their offense uh, has struggled earlier in the year. But yeah, Jake Fromm over his past two games is picking up third downs at an exceptional rate. But to me, um, that rate that they're converting over these past two games is un- unsustainable, especially against an Auburn defense playing at home. Auburn has yet to lose a game at home. Bo Nix um, plays much better at home than he does away. I I do think this game is going to be a close game. Um but I would give the edge to Auburn, especially if they can find a way to uh, do well on first first and second down to to give their young quarterback third and manageables. Um, but, but the the Georgia defense is a stout rushing defense, allowing under 80 yards per game rushing. So, yeah, that does worry me, but um, – the Bulldogs haven't been doing good on first and second down, especially against Florida. But they were able to convert third downs at 66%. Which is pretty remarkable. And I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to sustain that level uh, of success on third down against this Auburn defense. Especially, I think that Auburn's pass rush is going to be uh, much different and even better pass rush than Florida's. Yeah, so that's why I'm going with the Tigers. Okay, so we're on opposites there. I'm rolling with the Bulldogs, minus two and a half. He's going with uh, the Auburn Tigers slash War Eagle. Don't understand the two mascots. Uh, Plus two and a half. So that brings me to my next pick. I am going to go with the Florida Gators. Minus, I believe it is seven versus Missouri. I just watched. We're just talking about Georgia. We're talking about Florida. We're talking about all of them. It's all in the family. Um, They are playing Missouri, who Georgia played last week and held to zero points. Florida has a very good defense as well. Um, Missouri will struggle to score, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's at seven. Um, I'll take the seven there with Florida. A big thing to look out uh, in this game is Kelly Bryant did not play last game for, for Missouri, mm-hmm. who are also the Tigers. <laughs> um, 
they're saying that he could come back for this game. Yeah. Okay. So I mean that might be one thing to look at look at if you're if you're gonna think about betting this game. Because I did see where um it's it's seems like it's still up in the air, but they may be leaning towards bringing him back for this this yeah. game. Yeah. Um I still think I like Florida there. I think I like Florida to cover the seven. Um Yeah, even if he comes back, I still like it. So Give us, give him a college pick. Um, I'm gonna go with. I have all underdogs this week. That's something I should mention. Um, I'm gonna go with Navy getting seven points on the road against Notre Dame. The reason I like Navy in this one is, um, of course you know they run the ball. They do like 360 yards rushing a game. All the armed forces teams, just for some reason. And Notre Dame's rush defense isn't very good. However, if they can find a way to stop uh, Navy running the football, then Navy's going to be in deep trouble on this one. (laughs) Which is why I'm very strongly considering taking Notre Dame. I had them written down in my notes. I no longer have my notes in front of me, but I know I had Notre Dame written down. I mean, it, it Notre all, Dame isn't very good, but they're not very bad. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, Navy's defense is even, even, um, pretty damn exceptional good. to yeah, it's better, to me. It's better stat wise than Notre Dame, but they probably have not played anybody. Um, I mean, they've played Tulane. Yeah, they're not playing anybody up to Notre Dame's caliber. But Notre Dame doesn't. I mean, they play decent teams, but yeah, I mean, decent a, a at quality. Best. They quality lost to Michigan team. forty-five to fourteen. Yeah, that's I not mean, good. for the most part, Michigan. We were saying Harbaugh's yeah, getting yeah, fired. It's not good. Okay, I'll stay away from it, and you can stay with your Navy. I like Navy, and I I like the Armed Forces teams uh, in general covering the spread against big-time opponents. You know, we had, uh, you had. Army. Army against. Plus 22. Against, against Michigan. Michigan and Army they, damn near won the game. Yeah, they missed a field goal to win the game outright. Goddamn um, kickers, man. Yeah, so I like Navy in this one. Uh, 360 yards rushing per game. You know they're going to run it. However, you still can't stop them. Um, so, yeah. Another so that's one. that. Another one I was looking at was LSU Ole Miss. Um, everything inside of me is saying Ole Miss plus the 21. Um, typically, they play us close. We're coming off the game of the century. A huge win against Alabama, which is always the recipe for a letdown game. Uh, they're going to be 40,000 strong in Ole Miss. I don't even know what the name of their stadium is. Um I mean, they're going to come fired up. It's the number one team in the country coming in town. 21 points is a lot of points. Um, but it, uh, it's so hard for me to bet against LSU. Another but, thing but it's you not should like take it, in con- consideration is that um, Ed Ogeron, yeah, that's the former, former coach. head coach of Ole Miss, he did not have a successful tenure there. Um 
which was why a lot of people, when Ed Ogeron first got the job at LSU, they pointed to that, and a lot of people were against a, a hiring of Ed Ogeron. However, he's proved everybody wrong. Um, yeah, roll Todd what? Yeah, I, I mean, this is a tough one for me because, yeah, I could see how you would want to um, take Ole Miss in this game. Ole Miss played Auburn close a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I've watched Ole Miss play personally. They try to run this two-quarterback system. Neither one of them are very good. <laughs> so, yeah, I you mean, know we what? could very easily yeah. smoke the shit out Fuck of them. Fuck it. Give me the Tigers, minus 21. I'll take it. I don't love it, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with them. Too. All right, good. I just feel like yeah, I'm gonna go with LSU. Yeah, fuck it. Because they're the number. I mean, one. Burrow's not gonna take his foot off the gas. Burrow wants the Heisman Trophy. He's gonna be slinging that thing around. No, and this is an extremely important time for LSU football. Not yeah. only because of the uh, implications for college football playoff yep. and all of that. They know what's at stake. But recruiting right now. We've just beat Alabama. Alabama's been number one in recruiting for the past hundred years, it seems. Yep. LSU just beat Alabama. LSU seems like they're getting a, a slight advantage in recruiting. Tipping um, the scales back in our favor. Yeah, especially with Ogeron. You players are gonna want to play for a coach with that type of in, intensity. Yep. I agree. So, yeah, looking at this game, you could think it's a um, it could be. A lower performance by LSU coming off of that uh, a big game. But, no, I think that the Tigers are going to keep it rolling at Ogeron's former um, head coaching job at Ole Miss. Yeah, I like the Tigers here. Okay, so that's going to be all for me for college. I don't know if you got any more. Yeah, I have a couple more. Do you? Okay. So that's the – LSU What is going to be the only favorite that I take. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I've mentioned, we've mentioned, I have Navy so far, I have Auburn. Uh, The next underdog that I'm going to pick is Texas going on the road to play Iowa State, that team that almost ended up beating Oklahoma. Uh, To me, seven points is a bit too much for this Iowa State team. I understand that they play a lot of games close. Um a thing to mention about that Oklahoma game is I found out after I made my prediction that Iowa State hasn't won, I mean, hasn't lost a game by more than 14 points in the past three seasons. So that was a bad bet to pick Oklahoma. However, this week you got Texas getting points, Iowa State's uh, big-time favorites. The thing to me is that Texas is gotten back some of their defensive backs that they lost after that LSU game. Yeah. And then they played some close games. Um the Oklahoma game wasn't all that close, but uh Texas did cover that game. I had that one. The Red River rivalry. And um they ended up losing the TCU by ten. Sam Ellinger does a, does a bad job protecting the football, which is uncharacteristic of him. Iowa State's defense is good, but I think that Ellinger shows up in this one. 
especially being underdogs. They just got back into the rankings. They don't want to lose that. Yep. All right. Um, you got you got a couple more. I got one more college football pick. Okay, you can go ahead and close. And that's that out. another underdog. Um, this game you have the number ten Oklahoma Sooners going on the road to play the number thirteen Baylor Bears. Uh, Baylor in this game is ten point underdogs. Um, to me, Baylor's a very similar team to Iowa State. Yeah, they like to sling the ball all over the field. Um, and their defense is good. Baylor's defense is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to put um, some pressure on Jalen Hurts. We'll see if he steps up to the occasion. Uh, the occasion, I don't think he's going to. Um, Charlie Brewer, to me, has to play better for, for this team to cover the spread. I, I think he is going to. Um. Yeah, but it's that Baylor defense I like. I like Baylor's ability to run the football. And to me, uh, Charlie Brewer is going to bounce back. He ended up winning the game for uh, Baylor in overtime. But, yeah, he didn't play that well uh, during he made, regulation. He made, the, he made the plays needed when necessary. So Yeah, but, it, yeah, so, I mean, it does show that he, he, uh, he has good character because a lot of guys could have gotten down. After not playing well and then just not never bounce back, it's a lot of times what you see happen with with, with Bo Nix. Yeah, exactly. But um, Charlie Brewer in this situation, I like him, especially getting ten points. Um, and wait, I have another. I have another pick. <laughs> All right, throw it in. Um, there. it's the Minnesota Golden oh, Gophers goodness. going on the road to play the Iowa Hawkeyes. Minnesota is three-point underdogs in this game. It's got a letdown game all over it. Look, I didn't – last week you asked me if I was going to bet Penn State. I was like, I don't know. I don't think so because I haven't seen Minnesota play yet. Well, I watched part of that game last weekend. They upset the number four team, the Penn State Nittany Lions. And in this game, they were playing a serious defense, especially – the, the defensive line um they got them on their heels running a lot of rpos to me the minnesota's off uh golden gophers their offense is a lot like lsu's offense uh in terms of style and, and their defense um held penn state to under 30 points i think i i, I like minnesota in this one uh, a thing to take in consideration, though, is uh, it is in Iowa. Iowa plays well at home. Iowa has a good defense, but I'm going to tell you right now, their quarterback isn't worth a shit. So <laughs> I'm taking Minnesota. All right. Then go ahead and recap all your picks. I'll recap mine, and then we'll move on to NFL. I have Navy plus seven against Notre Dame. I have Auburn plus two and a half against Georgia. I have Texas plus seven against Iowa State. I have Baylor plus ten against Oklahoma. I have Minnesota plus three against Iowa. I have LSU minus twenty one against Ole Miss. All right, and I have uh, Notre. No, never mind. Not Notre Dame. Um, I have Florida minus seven. Georgia minus two and a half, and then the Tigers minus twenty one. 
going all favorites. He's going all underdogs, uh, except the Tigers. We'll see. Uh, we'll see which one works out. Um, so that'll wrap up. Oh, pick your big easy bet. Who's your lock of the week? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Minnesota this week as your lock. Yeah. Okay. Personally, I think Minnesota is a lot better than anyone's given them credit for. Um, they come in ranked number eight in the college football playoff. Um, they tried to let Penn State back into that game. Yeah, they did, but they they played well enough in the beginning. I mean, you could say the same thing about LSU beating Alabama. Yeah. Um, they played well enough in the beginning to make the game out of reach. Minnesota, to me, I like their head coach, P.J. Uh, Fleck is his name. Yeah, I believe so. Um, he's a ball head guy, <laughs> just like um, Pitt State's coach. Who's that? James Franklin. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm like, the yeah, bear. I do I'm think, like the bear over here throwing out these names. I do think Minnesota's extremely underrated. I'm not sure why Iowa State's favored in, in this game. I mean, Iowa. It's I'm picking of, against the state of Iowa. It's because of those kids. At the hospital, they wave to them at the end of the first quarter. That's their home field advantage. They play for those kids. Um, All right, so his big easy bet is Minnesota. My big easy bet is going to be the Florida Gators minus seven versus Missouri. Whether Kelly Bryant comes back or not, fuck them. We're going with the Gators. Um, So, yeah, Georgia minus two and a half, Florida minus seven, and then the Tigers minus 21. Big easy bet, Florida. So we'll move on to the NFL. Uh, we're looking at right about an hour here, so we're going to go through these semi-quickly for you. Um, Thursday night game, I am 5 for 5 on my last five Thursday night picks. Absolutely on fire. On fire. If I pick it, you pick it. If I pick it, you're going to win some money. Um, until I jinx myself this week. I'm going with the Browns, minus 3. Homeless Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he might have shaved the mustache. I could be wrong. If he shaved the mustache, absolutely hammer this game. If he didn't, I still like it. Um, Browns minus three at home versus the Steelers. Mason Rudolph is still recovering from that concussion. Um, You can see it in his eyes. He's cleared to play, but you can see it in his eyes. Something's not right. Um, I think Baker and Odell get going here. They were trying to force him the ball last week. The whole game, the whole offensive game plan is just a little – a little janky. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with the Browns. The Kareem Hunt-Nick Chubb duo actually was giving the defense some fits last week. Um, Kareem Hunt had some pretty uh, substantial snaps. and uh, Yeah, he had seven receptions for 44 yards. Yep. He didn't run the ball as much as Nick Chubb did, but um, Which is he to definitely be, to had a more productive role as a receiver. Yeah, so and I think that's going to. That's kind of the role. That's kind of like the Camara, Mark Ingram. That's Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Like. One thing I remember about who Kareem Hunt is um, the way that he finished runs when he was a Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are missing that. Oh yeah, he was. Um, this guy led the league in rushing yards as a rookie. Mm-hmm. No, I remember. I remember that first game they played against the Patriots. He took like, and a, then he ran down the slot or down the seam and took like a. 40-yard pass to the house like yeah but he finishes runs hard he you know he's gonna lower his shoulder at the end of runs and he's gonna get those extra yards that's an that's the reason why i'm gonna be picking the browns as well that nick chubb and kareem hunt combo at running back um the browns are gonna need to run the ball to control this game uh 
take some pressure off of break Baker Mayfield. Get get good first down yards. Get good second down yards. Give him third and manageable. Yeah, make him make him load the box to stop the run, and then hit Odell on the slant route so he can take it 85 yards to the house. Baker. Yeah, so that's what I think is going to happen. I think that you know the Browns have to identify themselves as a run team because they got the running backs to do so. And for the love of God, can Baker Mayfield stop making these goddamn progressive commercials? He must have made a commercial every day of the damn offseason and didn't practice at all. There's a new commercial every week. How many do you have? How many did you do? 50? They come out with a new one. Every time I look, it's a new one. And they're not bad commercials. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they're pretty good. but um, Yeah, they're quality commercials. But goddamn, you suck. I like the Geico commercials too sometimes. But I'm not a big... I'm not convinced that commercials really work. They don't seem to work on me. Did you just There's say you're been, a fan of the Geico commercials? Yeah, like yeah, the um, yeah, the little the lizard, the gecko. Yeah. Okay. Him, but get they going? got the other ones that are like kind of little jokes. Yeah. Um. You enjoy those? Yeah. Okay. I get a good chuckle when I see one of those. So um, yeah, commercials. I've been convinced by one commercial to go and buy something. That was that when Sonic had that um, Oreo cone, dude. I had to go get one of those. Uh, I immediately went and got one. Me and Alec together, actually. We were roommates at that time. Good times. Holy shit, y'all looked at each other and said, y'all didn't even say it. Y'all just looked at each (laughs) other and nodded. Um, All right, so we're both on the Browns on Thursday night. Again, five for five on my last Thursday night picks. Um I don't know what more else you need to hear. I'm absolutely on fire when it comes to Thursday. I used to not be able to pick a Thursday game to save my life. And now I can't pick one. I can't pick one wrong if I tried. I'm jinxing the fuck out of myself. <laughs> knock on knock on wood. Um there's a stud back there. I know that was just the wall. I, yeah, I found, it's just sheet I, rock. Found, I found the stud. Um all right. I'm also gonna go with the Jaguars, plus three, returning Nick Foles. I almost made this my big easy bet, but I'm not. I think Nick Foles is going to come out firing. He's going to uh, – I mean, if you remember, I think he threw two passes in his season, this entire season, um, one for like a 55-yard touchdown to DJ Chark. It was a beautiful throw, and then he broke his collarbone. Um, I don't exactly know what's going on with Jacoby Brissett, even it, but I, I made this pick based off of he's healthy. Um if he is healthy, I like the pick. If he's not healthy, I love the pick. Um, so Jaguars plus three. Monday night, taking the Chargers plus three and a half. This one I don't feel good about, um, but I feel okay about it enough to make the pick, I guess. The Chargers have a very good secondary, so they have a good defense when it comes to the passing game. Nick just told you the Chiefs are really missing that hard downhill runner. They got LaShawn McCoy, who likes to hold it like a purse when he's running with the ball. Um, like a little handbag, he's holding the football. I think it's knocked out left and right. Um, Chargers plus three and a half. I think Phillip Rivers, there's no way this guy can be dog shit two weeks in a row. He's still a veteran. He's still probably a Hall of Famer. Um, no, they got weapons, man. They still have weapons. Keenan Allen, a receiver, one of the top receivers in the league. Mike Williams, who I thought was going to have a big year, has had a very lackluster year, but he's still a very talented receiver. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, they're loaded with talent. They got a good defensive line. I like the Chargers here, plus three and a half, going against the Chiefs, who are sitting at six and four. And I know Mahomes was hurt, but he came back last week, and they made, they found a way to lose to the Titans. So uh, my last pick is going to be my big easy bet of the week. 
It's the New Orleans Saints going in to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus five and a half. I think we come out fired up. I think we're going to absolutely have pedal to the metal the entire game. Sean Payton's going to have them ready to go. And That's a W. Saints minus five and a half, my big easy bet of the week. Lock it in. You can go ahead and give your NFL On picks. Monday night, I'm opposite of Logan. I'm going to go with the Chiefs getting uh, giving three and a half points to the Chargers. When I look at this game, historically, uh, Patrick Mahomes plays outstanding in primetime, especially on Monday night. But, yeah, there's big concern with that Chiefs defense. Um, We'll see if they, an if they can uh, answer something going against a Chargers offense who seems to just hand the ball to the opponents in uh, big-time games, divisional games. Um. But look, I I do expect Philip Rivers to play better. I think that this game is going to be somewhat of a shootout. Um, but you, I got to take Mahomes in in that with regards to to it becoming a shootout, which I think it's gonna. I just think it's hard for anybody to stop um, Patrick Mahomes. But you know he's gonna be limited with his mobility. However, last week I think he still put up four hundred yards passing. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, just another day at the office. Yeah, so that's my Monday night pick. I'm going with the Chiefs minus three and a half against the Chargers. And then I'm going with the Patriots mm. minus three and a half on the road in Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Fly Eagles fly. I think this is the rematch of Super Bowl 36 or something like that. Um Back when Terrell Owens and the Eagles. Well, this is the rematch of the Super Bowl like two years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Super Bowl as well. <laughs> the uh, most recent one, other than last year. But, yeah, sure, Super Bowl 36. I, yeah, yeah. It might have been 37. <laughs> anyway, um, the Patriots have been favorites in all their games this year. However, three and a half is the lowest amount of points that they've been favored by. Uh, I like them to win by more than three and a half going on the road in Philadelphia. The only thing that scares me is if Philadelphia gets that running game going, keeps the ball out of Brady in them's hands, disrupts the rhythm of the offense. That's really what happened to the Saints last week. Yeah. We just couldn't get the, a groove. The rhythm of the offense was totally disrupted. That's the only thing I'm scared about with this bet. I'm going with the Patriots minus three and a half as my big easy bet in um, – in this NFL league. And that'll close it out for you? Yeah. Okay. So, to did you recap? I did not, but you can recap, then I'll recap. I have the Browns on Thursday night football at home. They're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Browns are favored three, three points in this one. And then I have the Patriots are going on the road to play the Eagles. The Patriots are favored three and a half. I'm taking the Patriots. I have the Chiefs minus three and a half playing the Chargers on Monday Night Football. All right. I have the Browns minus three as well. I have the Chargers plus three and a half on Monday Night Football. I have the Saints minus five and a half. That is my big easy bet of the week. Then I'm going with the Jaguars plus three against Indianapolis, whether Jacoby Brissett plays or not. I think Nick Foles comes back and uh, it's going to reinvigorate that team. I think Fournette's going to be running hard. He's been running hard all year. We called that, too. Um, so, yeah, that'll wrap up our picks. Um, another, We're going to look for another good week, another profitable week. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear. You got something to say? Yeah, and we're damn good, but you can't be no geek off the streets. You got to be handy with the steel. Earn your keep. All right. You could, uh, sure, sure. Um, I want to hear Ed, uh, Ed Orgeron one more time. We're going to beat their ass in recruiting. We're going to beat their ass every time they see us. Okay. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm telling you, I need that as like my alarm. I need to wake up to that every morning. Uh, so that'll wrap up episode number 15. Um, follow us on Twitter at Big Easy Bets. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and most importantly, Apple Podcasts. Go subscribe, give us five stars, leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. And that'll wrap up episode 15. Guys, who that? We just got to do what we do. We play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. One, two, three, four, four.